fantasy football today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. All right, here we go on Tuesday of Super Bowl week. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. We're going to get to your emails later, but we got a lot to talk about, including the most intriguing player this offseason on all four teams in the AFC East and all four teams in the NFC East. Also, some teammate Twitter polls and amazing commentary from Dave Richard and Heath Cummings. Uh, don't let me down. I set the bar pretty high. And Dave just yawned, so we're in trouble. Good morning, Adam. Okay, good morning, sir. Sleepy? No. Okay, good. I think it would be worse if he was yawning while he was talking or while I was talking. You didn't say that you were going to have amazing commentary. We can yawn while you talk. I'm going to probably say something horribly confusing like I did about the end of the first round, beginning of the second round in our last show. And I am going to get excited when I tell you about what we have for you on Thursday's show. That'll be coming up in a little bit. Are you ready for some teammate Twitter polls? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I enjoy this. So uh, we did this on on Friday's episode, and we'll see how much mileage we can get out of it. Unfortunately, at Friday's episode, we had some really close calls. I did a terrible job. Terrible job. These are all very decisive on Twitter. Uh, half PPR, who do you want in 2018? You tell me which teammate combo you want next year. Eli Manning and Odell Beckham. Or Derek Carr and Amari Cooper. This is not even close. What is it? It's obviously Eli Manning and Odell Beckham. Why? Nobody wants either one of these quarterbacks. If you if you have one of these quarterbacks, then you're just obviously streaming quarterbacks because neither of them are starting quarterbacks. So, do you want Odell Beckham or Amari Cooper? Well, well duh. Right. What's the ceiling for Amari Cooper? Um. 12 games of Odell Beckham? Fair. Yeah. Yeah. So the ceiling for Cooper could be better than Beckham if Beckham plays less than 12 games and Cooper reaches the ceiling. Uh, here's the problem. So, yes, this was 65% Eli and Beckham. I think most people took it you know, the same way you're taking it. But the fact that 35% even voted for the other side means maybe people got the gist of what I was trying to get across was – you have to start the quarterback. You can't just say, oh, I'll take the Eli and Beckham side, drop Eli, and stream quarterback. What type of imaginary universe do these Twitter polls exist in? On January 30th when we're doing a fantasy football podcast. First off, the next one is fantastic. Like, this one is is awesome. So Is it, like, legitimately think. good or? It's just really fun. <laughs> okay. Well, I look, I think Eli Manning and Derek Carr could both be start, starting caliber quarterbacks next year in fantasy. They could be, but no one's drafting them to be that way, at least not at the start of the season. Eli will not be drafted in the standard 12-team league. I'm not so sure about that. I think some people might look at taking him with a late pick. Carr Carr will also get that same type of attention, but far more – he'll get drafted in more leagues than Eli. We are releasing our 2018 rankings very soon, right? Or preliminary? Pretty sure. Preliminary rankings, and I – Eli is in a very tough battle with some some important names for to see if he makes the quarterback rankings. All right, but we here's, here's the we problem. only list twenty four of them. Here's the problem: uh, we list thirty two of them. Thirty two of them. Yes, he'll make the rankings. <laughs> here's the problem with that: any of those guys that you're considering lopping off your your top twenty four, they're not going to have a top three wide receiver, a top five tight end, and then another top. 30 wide receiver, right? Like, will they know, have a, will they have a bottom two offensive line? But it doesn't matter, like that you, you cannot, this is what, the, what I've been trying to say like, a few weeks ago. Eli Manning, if you guys are right about your, your wide receiver rankings and tight end rankings, how does he not fall into the top 15? Well, I don't have, um, Evan Ingram as a top five tight end. Where do you have him? I uh, 10 or 11. Okay. See, see, I, I tend to, I see what you're saying. I, I'm worried that he's going to be drafted too high. But a lot of people are going to rank Odell Beckham as a top three or top five wide receiver at worst. I and, have him third, yeah. And Evan Ingram is going to be a top five tight end for a lot of people. Top seven maybe at worst. Uh And I'm just saying, I'm, Eli Manning doesn't have to be a good quarterback in actual football to be a fantasy asset. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um I just – I. 
I understand your premise, and if I thought that Sterling Shepard was a top 30 receiver and Evan Ingram was a top 5 tight end, then I would have Eli Manning as a top 15 quarterback. Okay. Dave? But I don't think that's true. I think defining Evan Ingram as a top 5 tight end doesn't mean that he's going to get you 1,000 yards and 7 touchdowns. I think he no. can still be I, – I think there's a clear difference between the top 3 tight ends and everybody else. Uh, yeah. And he he might end up being the de facto number two receiver, and Sterling Shepard is the one who gets you 600 yards and four touchdowns next year. That's 600 yards and four touchdowns is almost exactly what I expect from Evan Ingram. There are also – they both might get it. And there yeah. are also a ton of quarterbacks that can outperform Eli with Odell, with Evan Ingram, with Sterling Shepard, with another receiver that replaces Brandon Marshall. Yeah. Like there were, there like were, it is a tough competition at quarterback next year. I feel a lot better about tight end going into this coming year than I did in the past, though. Like, I I can't rank Evan Ingram ahead of Greg Olson. I can't rank no. Evan Ingram ahead of Jack Doyle if we're assuming Andrew Luck is playing football. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I can't rank him ahead of Hunter Henry. I think he's in that group, though. And I'm not going to rank him ahead of Adam Shaheen. Oh boy, he he's, oh wow, what? Adam really? Shaheen is going to be a monster this year. I, Dave loves him. I think he's got the potential to be. And his coach might like using tight ends. Yeah, but at least but, he has in the past. But Eli, but we, we don't, Evan Ingram's guess, coach does. Yes. Evan Ingram's coach does like using tight ends. Right. Like I'm, I'm a little more bullish on Evan How Ingram. How was the Browns tight end when he was the coach there? Uh, the Browns How were the Browns? Don't count. The they don't count well, for anything. Like the Giants? <laughs> they, they don't, actually don't even know the answer to that. I, I don't know what the Browns stats were. The Browns don't count. The Browns are Siberia. They don't count for fantasy football. They count. They're like, Pat Shermer has a spotted history, we'll say. No, he has a great history with quarterbacks. He has some very good things and some very bad things. I'm going to tell you exactly what he did with his tight ends in Cleveland. It was probably that seems that to be a very hot topic <laughs> right be. now. It's Super Bowl week. There's a million things to talk about. We're talking about the Browns in 2011. Yeah. Well, and what 12. do you know? The leading receiver for the Cleveland Browns in 2011 was? Jordan Cameron. Greg Little. Greg Little. Ben Watson had 37 catches, 410 yards, and two touchdowns. Evan Moore. Do you remember Evan Moore? Evan Moore, yes. Evan Moore was a guy that I thought was pretty decent. He had four touchdowns, not even 350 yards receiving. And then the following year in Cleveland, I I, I know everybody's dying to hear this. Uh, yes. Yep. Ben Watson, 49 <laughs> catches, 501 yards, three whole touchdowns. Jordan Cameron, count. also touchdowns. It doesn't count. The Browns don't count. Everybody knows that. All right, next Twitter you know poll. What the, the quarterbacks were those years? I, no, who are they? Probably better than Eli Manning. 2011, it was Colt McCoy and Seneca Wallace. 2012, it was Brandon Whedon. All right, I'm just going to tell that you right now. I'm going to guarantee you right now that you guys are going to be much higher on Eli Manning in August than you are now. You will see the light. You will see the light. There's, there are too many quarterbacks, Adam. I, he's going to be top 15. He's going to be I think lost. he's got a chance to be there. What would it take? No, I, let's move on. Let's move on. Okay. That's All a right. question for maybe next week. What would it take for you to put Eli Manning in your top 15, Heath? And okay. me. So, I don't have him in mind. Um, for Eli Manning. To- Answer it next week. You have a week to think about it. Okay, here we go. Twitter poll number two. <laughs> he looks lost. Like I just gave him that question. He's like looking up like I just told him that uh you know his parakeet passed away. Oh no. Petey? Petey didn't even have a head. So uh, Twitter poll number two. Deshaun Watson, Lamar Miller, and DeAndre Hopkins. Hmm. The Texans quarterback running back wide receiver or the Falcons quarterback running back wide receiver. Matt Ryan, Devontae Freeman, and Julio Jones. And this is, I thought, challenging because Devontae Freeman is so much better as a fantasy asset than Lamar Miller. So would you rather have Watson, Lamar Miller, and Hopkins or Ryan, Freeman, and Julio Jones? I'll take the loss at running back and the wins at wide receiver and quarterback and take the Texan side of things. Uh Yeah. I, in this situation, which is very, very odd to consider, where I'm considering drafting three players from the same team intentionally, I would take Watson, Miller, and Hopkins. Yes, yeah, 66% of the Twitter uh, respondents agreed with you guys going with the Texans trio. And again, yeah, this is a situation where you've got a quarterback in Matt Ryan that people aren't going to draft as a starter. Yeah, I just feel like I'm giving you the advantage at the most difficult position to fill. 
you know, with the Falcons, with Devontae Freeman over Lamar Miller, you know, I thought maybe more I people would, would be interested. Right. I just that. don't know that, that that's a huge advantage. If he's going to get 12 carries a game like we saw about half the season, then no. Like, do you think Lamar Miller's the guy in Houston next year? I still do. Yeah. Well, and I would guess that. I think he'll start that way, but I bet he doesn't end that way. If Deshaun Watson plays 16 games, I would guess they have more rushing touchdowns than they have the last two years. Yeah, he could definitely have a better year. Definitely. To Lamar Miller, that is. So that's part of it, too. All right, then uh, last one. And this one, you know, I was surprised that this one was so lopsided. Two-thirds of the vote went to one side. Jameis Winston and Mike Evans or Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton? Winston and Evans or Luck and Hilton? Well, do we even know if Andrew Luck's going to be ready to go? Yes, I put I put in the Twitter poll, assume Andrew Luck is healthy for the start of training camp. Uh, he's healthy for the start of training camp, then I like Luck better than Winston and Hilton better than Evans. So I will go Luck and Hilton. Okay. Mm, I I think I'm going to end up agreeing with you. Don't when sound, I saw when I saw so this poll, it. when I saw this poll, I immediately clicked on the Bucks because I thought, well, Winston's healthy now. I don't have to worry about something breaking down. Mike Evans should bounce back. Oh, you you voted? Yeah. Well, thanks, bud. Well, I mean, I follow you on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. It's Anybody true. who I follow on Twitter, I try and participate in their uh, polls when they put them up or read their tweets when they uh, have something to say. I care about people. Thanks, man. Now back to this dumb poll. <laughs> the one thing that I will say is that I think the combination of Luck and Josh McDaniels can be a lot of fun. I really – and I also think we're going to see a lot of changes in this Indianapolis offense in terms of personnel. In fact, there are two guys who are going to be playing in the Super Bowl who I think could come to Indianapolis in 2018 and have nice roles with the Colts. Deion Lewis? Uh, well, that would make three because I, th- I think Deion Lewis ends up staying in New England, but I think Rex Burkhead goes and I think, I think the Colts get Burkhead and I think the Colts get Amendola and I they d- play the exact same type of role that they're in now. I do. I just want to focus. And that on, would help this, Andrew Luck a lot. This combo here, because like, you can't assume that when you vote in this poll. So it's Jameis and Evans and Luck and Hilton. And the most interesting thing I heard was that Heath, you like Hilton better than Evans, which I don't. I'm a little surprised by. You're, I'm expecting that Andrew Luck is healthy at starting training camp, training camp, right? Yeah, but I okay. still, right, I still so thought. So we're assuming a lot here, Adam. I still thought people would, I thought the general consensus, maybe it still is, is that if Luck is healthy, Winston's healthy, that Mike Evans is still going to be ranked higher than T.Y. Hilton. Yes. Yeah, that, that will not be the case for me. Okay. Um, Part of Evans' deal was touchdowns last year. Part of it was Jameis has a lot of people to throw the football to right now. Luck has two. All right. But I'm, I'm, I'm saying that that changes. Right. And it I think might. that hurts T.Y. Hilton. And Heath will adjust accordingly if that happens. Uh, all right. Yeah. So 66% of the people said they'd rather have Luck and Hilton. And, you know, the, I, I bring this point up a lot. It's, it's a little convoluted, so try to follow, but 13 games for Jameis Winston last year, and he only finished 11 of them. He got hurt in two. You take the 11 games he finished, you give him a 16 game pace, he was on pace for 4,910 yards. He was throwing for around 300 yards routinely. And he was on pace to be the number six quarterback in fantasy based on those 11 games. The problem with the logic is that he didn't play very well in those two games in which he got hurt. He only had a combined 23 pass attempts at Arizona and at New Orleans. But but just looking at it, I mean, he threw the ball for a ton of yards. He was on a 4,900-yard pace without the two games he got hurt, Jameis Winston. So, I, I mean— I, every time I watched him, I wasn't really impressed. He makes like really like god awful decisions. Way he does, long. and he also will have a much better run game. Yes, next year that Tampa Bay has to address it. I doubt. <laughs> I doubt. I don't think Doug Martin will be there at all. Maybe they'll bring Frank Gore in. I don't think that that's <laughs> the answer. Uh, I think they draft somebody. Um, yeah. All right. But I just wanted, I want people to, to know that Winston was throwing the ball for about 300 yards, you know, like all the time. Right. So all I right. don't think you can count on that again in 2018. Everybody's taking Beckham and Eli, the Texans trio and Luck and Hilton. All right. Hey, we've got 
a pretty cool interview scheduled for later this afternoon, which we will air on our Thursday episode. It is with Todd Gurley. Yeah. Who? Todd Gurley. Um, he played for Georgia or something. So we'll, we'll have to do some research, but we'll have him on for about 15 minutes and that should be great. And you'll hear it on, uh, on Thursday's show. Also on Thursday's show, let's get some voicemails. We have emails today. We'll do some voicemails on Thursday. Still working on the audio quality. We could probably do a little bit better, but for now, uh, some of them I just can't use. The quality's not good enough, but I, you know, I think the ones that I've used have been just fine. Uh, call us up if you want to leave a voicemail. No keeper questions, please. Those are boring. 954-689-3199. It's going to ring like five times. Then it'll go to voicemail. You can leave us your message. Say your name and your city at the beginning of the voicemail. 954-689-3199 is the phone number. And we have news and notes for you, and then we'll get into the most intriguing offseason player for each team in the AFC East and NFC East. But right now, i got to tell you, if you're looking to go to a game or a concert or comedy or theater, and you're looking for the best prices, do what I do and use the SeatGeek app. I've got it on my phone, and the SeatGeek app is the first place I look every time I need tickets. And, and if I want to go to an event, it's so simple. Also, you can save 20 bucks on your first SeatGeek purchase with the promo code FFT. That's promo code FFT on SeatGeek.com or on the SeatGeek app. So look, it's very easy. I use it all the time. Just went to a Knicks game recently, courtesy of SeatGeek. Saved a lot of money. You can do everything right on your phone. You search for an event on the app. SeatGeek does all the work for you. Searches multiple ticket sites. Brings in the results. It gives each ticket a grade based on value so you can see that you're getting good deals. I just I love how easy it is to sort based on the pricing you prefer or where you want to sit, whatever you want. You customize basically your choices and and you get the tickets right there on your phone too. So every purchase fully guaranteed. You can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code FFT. That's promo code FFT for 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. Some Super Bowl notes, some non-Super Bowl notes. Rob Gronkowski expected to play this week. Hooray. Blake Bortles had wrist surgery. He played uh, all season with a wrist issue. Why are they sure they wanted to fix that? <laughs> Just had his best season. Yeah. No, he had his second best season. <clears throat> right? Uh, from a fantasy perspective, it was his second best season. He did have a higher completion percentage and a lower interception percentage than he has ever had okay. this year. That's pretty good. Tennessee hired Matt LaFleur as their offensive coordinator and Dean Pease as their defensive coordinator. Which hiring is more important, do you think, for Marcus Mariota, their offensive coordinator, Matt LaFleur, or their defensive coordinator, Dean Pease? I would say their offensive coordinator. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I, I agree. I agree. I, I, I didn't know what you were trying to <laughs> do there. That's my hard-hitting analysis. That's not analysis. That was a dumb question. Yeah, yeah. that's my hard-hitting question. Well, anywho. Um, that hit as hard as, like... <laughs> A mouse would hit a, I don't know, something else. I'll give Another you the mouse. beating oh. of your life. Right, Simpsons, uh, Untouchables, uh, scene, you know, where he hits the guy with a baseball bat, Dave? Mr. Nope. Burns? Nope. Really, Dave? Nope. Uh, oh, alright. Well, you know the scene in the Untouchables where, with the baseball bat at the table? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. parody that in The Simpsons. It's terrific. Anyway, what do you think about Matt LaFleur, who was Are we the still Rams, podcasting right now? Rams offensive coordinator going to the Titans. I think it's interesting, and I, I got to do some more research on this, but it seems to me that LaFleur has been around some quarterbacks when they've had really good years. Oh, yeah. It's Matt Ryan. It's Jared Goff. Yep. It's Everett Golson. Yep. With the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Oh. Robert Griffin the third, and maybe even one more. So he's been around a lot of different types of quarterbacks. Who've had lots of good numbers, and I think that that's a big, big positive for Marcus Mariota. But I am also going to temper all that by reminding everyone that the last time that he called plays was a decade ago at Ashland College. Dave said maybe even more. He's burying the lead. Matt Schaub threw for 4,700 yards. When he was a quality control coach for Houston. And that's some quality. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he had a lot to do with that. He was there. Matt, he Lafleur goes places. Maybe he learned by osmosis. I think it's pretty clear that he um, 
is is very much versed in the West Coast offense, and I think that that's what we're going to end up seeing, and I think that that's very good for Mariota. Do you think this helps Mariota's LaFleur? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. But okay. what will really help is if they get him some La Receivers. I hope I'm pronouncing the guy's name right, by the way. LaFleur? Yeah, I, mean, I think, probably. I think I just said it the right way. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Okay. Right, it's cool. not la, la, fleur. la fleur. It's L-E. La, la fleur. Yeah, le fleur. Matt le fleur. The fleur. Okay, Arizona offensive coordinator Mike McCoy, McCoy, I think. He sounded optimistic about Larry Fitzgerald returning this season. Uh, That's cool. great. Who's the quarterback? Yeah. Cool article on ESPN.com about uh, Philadelphia during their bye week, uh, their postseason bye week, first round of the playoffs. They went back and looked at what made Nick Foles successful when he was with Chip Kelly and the Eagles? They basically changed their offense a little bit to make it more like Chip Kelly's offense. Quicker passes, less yep. thinking. And yep. I thought that was really cool. Now can we do the, the thing? Uh, yes. Okay. So Heath, like I'm, I, you know, I didn't want to do this to Heath without his permission, but he said, let's go for it. Heath right. still seems to think that Carson Wentz and Nick Foles are the same player. Well, there was a, a graphic on SportsCenter um, looking at the Eagles quarterback's career in Philadelphia. And uh, they have essentially the same record. Foles is one more, one more game. They have the same completion percentage. Foles' QBR is one point higher. He has thrown three more touchdowns and three less interceptions than Carson Wentz. Very, very remarkably similar. Someone might even say almost the same thing. What would you say? See, that's what I want to know. I don't want to know what those numbers say. I want to know what you think. Um, what I think is that when I initially put together my 2018 quarterback rankings, Carson Wentz was not a top 12 quarterback. Wow. Okay. I, can you, can you give me, like, like, give me a take. I just did. He just but dropped you, the you hottest Nick, hot take. You think Nick Foles is as good as Carson Wentz? That you really think that? No, I did not say that. I said that with See, you can't, this team, there's not really a whole lot of difference. No, no, no. But this is not, this is like kind of, uh, you know, tiptoeing around that you're saying I, I that Carson they're the same Wentz player. I have QB 13 right now, and I could very easily drop him to 15. Wow. Yeah, that, that, uh, fries my noodle. He is the Matt Ryan of 2018, but also with the added bonus that he's coming off an ACL tier. Is, so that's based on, you're expecting some touchdown regression, not to mention the fact that he could miss some time to begin. Oh, I, no, we have got to stay on this Foles comparison because <laughs> I, I, I don't. I think we can do both. Heath, Heath is basically saying they're the same player, and then going, "That's not what I'm saying." What is the point of bringing up all those stats? Like, I need you to tell me who you think is better and how much. Statistically, they have had a very similar career in Philadelphia. I don't care about technically. I want. I want to know who do you I said think? Statistically. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said technically. Who do they you do think it is, in a different way? I wouldn't say they're the same player. Who do you think is but, a better player, and how much better do you think that guy is? Uh, I think Carson Wentz is currently a better quarterback than Nick Foles. I think the difference <laughs> is negligible. I can't believe that sentence was like if they played sixteen face. games as the quarterback of the Eagles this year, it might have been one, maybe two games worth of difference. Probably one. Game I think it's something like four or five games difference, maybe more. I think mobility favors Wentz. I think Wentz has the stronger arm. I think Wentz is more accurate. I think Wentz is incredible. All right, so I, you're well, I, he's incredible in the fact that he can throw for 199 yards and four touchdowns on a regular basis. I that's think, not repeatable. I think a that. huge key to Philadelphia's year has been their game planning. And yes. the coaching staff deserves all the credit in the world. I think it is stunning that Frank Reich didn't get a look to be a head coach. I yeah. think he deserved at least more than one or two interviews along the way. I, I, I don't think that they're even in the same ballpark in terms of quarterback. I think Nick Foles is a really good backup option. I think Philadelphia has the luxury of, of having him now. I think he has a chance to do well in the Super Bowl. But if they had their druthers, I guarantee you they'd rather have Carson Wentz there. And they are where they are, at least for the number one seed in the NFC, because of Carson Wentz. The problem I have in what Adam does, and I, he's very consistent in it, and I'm most people seem to agree with him because I will get killed on Twitter for the rest of the day as soon as this podcast drops. <laughs> but to believe that Carson Wentz is this amazing quarterback, you believe the 607 pass attempts in 2016 mean nothing. 
and the 440 pass attempts in 2017 mean everything. I think the protection was better. I Wait, think the way they used I, him was better. I, I think the, the year of experience paid off, and I think sure. his I think his receiving core improved. You just said maybe more than anyone else Wait, in the Dave, National hold on. Football. Can I, three very true things that had nothing to do with Carson Wentz's skill level. Can I defend myself? So a lot of quarterbacks struggle in their rookie year. I'm, I'm willing to overlook it. And he didn't have that bad of a rookie year. He showed some promise. But I think my – my look, I, I agree. There's no way he can throw for this few yards and that many touchdowns. I anticipate he'll throw for more – Carson Wentz will throw for more yards next year. But my whole – my point is this. It's very simple. It has very little to do with statistics. I, we've all watched a lot of football in our lives. I'm 33 and you guys are older. We've all watched a ton of quarterbacks. I see Carson Wentz. I see a star. I see a rising star. I see one of the future faces of the NFL. It's it's the way he plays. It's it's watching football. It's I'm looking at a guy who is an incredible talent. Was the number two overall pick in the draft. He's got the pedigree to go to back it up. I don't see any reason to doubt Carson Wentz. If you want to get into his fantasy value, his statistics, he can't do this. Yeah, that's another story. But I think he is a true franchise player, a true superstar in the making. It has less to do with the stats he put up this year and his rookie year and more to do with I watch football, I see an incredible player. That's it. I also see a team that won't make many changes at running back this offseason. I think their identity is 100% with Carson Wentz. And that will help him keep from regressing too much in the touchdown department. I, what do you have? 33 touchdowns? Yes. In 12 games? 13. Thir- 13. 13 games? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think he's I think he can get you that many in 16. He averaged year. 253 yards passing per game. Yeah, I think he can get you that too. I think they replaced uh, Corey Smith, he'll, and that'll he'll be interesting that. who they use there. You know, he, he, we haven't seen the best of Carson Wentz, I don't think. He's, he's in his second year. Yeah, on a fantasy points per game basis we have. Maybe. Maybe. But maybe he's a superstar. You know, why can't he be a superstar? Those things happen. Why can't I think he he's going to be one of those quarterbacks that most people will draft and not bother with a backup next year. Provided, of that's course, that— That's probably a mistake since he's coming off an ACL. Well, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, the thing. That hurts. We, we could get to July, and he's not going to be ready for training camp. Like, obviously, if he doesn't participate in training camp at all, I'm going to wig out. The last quarterback I made this sort of speech about, uh, you know, he's a, he's a superstar. We are now entering the age of this guy was Blake Cam Bortles. Newton. No, he Cam was also. Newton. Oh no, I thought it was Andrew Luck. I do feel that way about Andrew Luck, but I was said it about Cam Newton after his MVP season, and for a variety of reasons, he hasn't been nearly as good since. Uh, and and I and I think Wentz is a better passer than Cam Newton. Newton obviously um, gives you different one of things. those reasons is because. I think you really like passing touchdowns. Do I like Cam Newton's MVP season? He had a 7.1% touchdown rate. Right. I expect Wentz is 7.5 this year. Cam's never been above 5.1. It's again, it's it's less about the statistics and more about the way these guys play. You know, I'm sorry to take this. I know it's a fantasy football podcast, but, but part of the reason I love Wentz is for non fantasy reasons. I just think he's a great player. And you know, and he'll find a way to put up numbers. I'm a little concerned. Look, he had what 350 rushing yards in 13 games, so that's a big part of his game and a big part of his fantasy value. And if he's if he's not right next year because of the ACL tear, which we see that sometimes it takes guys an extra year, that's definitely something that I have to consider for his fantasy value. But well, and he also only ran for 150 yards the year before. There's a chance that he doesn't run that much again. Sure, like, but he's clearly he mobile. He's clearly that's clearly like an asset for him. Whether it's extending plays or picking up rushing yards, like that's a big part of his game. If he's not 100% healthy because of the ACL, then sure, that that would knock him down. Uh, but but I, I think he's amazing. Does anybody else think he's like he's like perennial Pro Bowler, if not All Pro caliber player? Um, I think he will be a perennial Pro Bowler as long as the Eagles are not in the NFC Championship game, <laughs> because like eventually everybody gets picked because so many guys back out. He's good enough to do that. Yeah. Dave, do you see He's... a star? No. Dave? What's your question? Do you see a star in Carson Wentz? Yes, yes. Yeah. All right, well, that's, I mean, that's so one the of the top five quarterbacks. He in the is one of the top five fantasy quarterbacks for me next year. Yeah, I, I think that's the difference in our evaluation. It really doesn't come down to numbers. It comes down to how we look at Wentz and what we think of him. Well, it also comes down to what type of numbers you think he'll put sure, up. But... It does come down to numbers. Fantasy, that's where it ends up. Yeah, but you you think he's gonna put up, you think he's gonna put up numbers because you think he's a star. 
That's yeah. that's my argument. I, I think I think he's a very good quarterback in a very good offensive system with all the things that you like your quarterback to have. Strong offensive line. I have a hard time versatile receiving core. I have a hard time ranking him over Jared Goff. It's I have a hard time I, I want to put Goff higher, but there are so many other quarterbacks that I like. That's better. how I feel about Carson Wentz. There's so many other quarterbacks. Yeah. There's a there's a lot. I think we're stating the case to wait for quarterbacks this year. Yes. Yes, always. I'd say so. But uh all right guys. Um if you want to uh oh by the way, CBSports.com did a Madden simulation of the Super Bowl and it's awesome. We've got a story about it and I suggest you read it. Uh, and hopefully the Super Bowl is as exciting as the Madden simulation, which was completely wild. Uh, I do want to thank our listeners. I never got a chance to do this. I want to thank our listeners for making the uh, Fantasy Football Today podcast the most listened to sports podcast on TuneIn in 2017. TuneIn is a very cool uh, podcast, not just podcasting, but audio app. And that was a great honor for us, and we want to thank you for helping us be so popular on TuneIn. If you want to listen to the Super Bowl this weekend, you can do that on TuneIn. In fact, TuneIn is the only place digitally to listen to the game for free. Everywhere else, everywhere else you'll need a subscription. So if you, you need to listen to the game, you don't want to pay, you go to TuneIn.com slash Super Bowl, and you download the TuneIn app. TuneIn.com slash Super Bowl, or download the TuneIn app, and you can use it on Amazon Alexa, Google Home, Roku, Sonos, Apple, and Android devices. Coverage starts at 2 p.m. Eastern for the Super Bowl on TuneIn.com slash Super Bowl and the TuneIn app. All right, the most intriguing offensive players in the AFC East, you know, this offseason. Let's start with the Patriots. Heath, you can kick it off. Who'd you get? Who'd you have there? Well, I mean, you could pick a variety of running backs for the Patriots. I would choose Deion Lewis. Because he has been the most successful in the second half of the season. It's funny. The Patriots have two running backs under contract for next year. It's James White. It's Mike Skillacy. Both Lewis and Rex Burkhead are free agents. If anybody wants to offer Deion Lewis significant money to play running back, I don't think there's a chance that he's a Patriot. I do not expect the Patriots to heavily invest in one running back. So is he still on the team? If he is... That's great. He's probably a top 15 running back. I think it really comes down to, and I agree, I think he's the most intriguing player on the Patriots. I think it comes down to if there is another team that wants to pay him good running back. Well, it's not going to be uh, in that 7 million range, but maybe 5 million. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay could do it. And you mentioned Indianapolis earlier, mm-hmm. where I think Rex Burkhead might be a little bit more appealing to them because he'll come cheaper. But I, th- I think that that would be another good landing spot for him. I'll give you another one. How about Detroit? Yep. A couple of Patriots guys running things there. And then obviously New England, if I, I, I think they've got the cap space to go ahead and spend five million on Deion Lewis if they truly value him. And after the way he played this postseason, showed his versatility, he stayed healthy for a while. It wouldn't surprise me if they kept him. Now, Okay, you know what? I was going to say something about Deion Lewis, but we'll we'll be here all day if we talk about three guys on each team. So, Dave, who do you want to talk about for the Patriots? Yeah, it's Deion Lewis. Oh, okay, then that that works. Yeah, you know, the, I was going to say this about Deion Lewis. The you know, I don't goal line goal line touchdowns are very important, but it seems like this Patriots team, because they score so much, they have an amazing offense. They just like that's a huge part of the offense. Who's going to get the goal line carries? And if he's back for New England. I know he, he, you know, you say Heath, he might be a top 15 running back, Deion Lewis, but what if he doesn't get the goal line carries? It's so frustrating. You know? Oh, it is frustrating, but like he took over as the feature back in what, week nine this year? Could be. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, week eight, he had 15 carries. Okay. Week seven um, to, and week nine and really was a bye did week. not get the goal line carries this season. We would agree on that. Not until Rex Burkhead got hurt. Yeah. From week eight, or through, from week eight through week seventeen, he was the number seven running back in fantasy. But he had, he had three touchdowns in weeks fifteen. He had one touchdown each in weeks fifteen, sixteen, and seventeen. One rushing touchdown and two. Uh, okay, sorry, three rushing, two receiving touchdowns in the last three games of the season. So I think a lot of that had to do with Burkhead, and I don't remember James White and his availability. He had one. Deion Lewis had one game in his last eight with less than nine fantasy points. 
he had double digits in six of them. Right, but remember, yeah. Burkhead He's missed awesome. the final two games and White. Burkhead and, and White missed the final prove? two games. And what did he prove? that he can handle that workload and do that job. I knew he could. Everybody, he can. But will he if everybody's healthy and depending on who they have on their Everybody team? Everybody won't stay healthy all year. I mean, that's, yeah. Couldn't you just see LeGarrette Blunt going back there? And I'm not ranking him as the number eight running back where he finished. I think he's going to be top 15, which he was 30 points better than that. So take away five of the seven touchdowns. He was still a top 15 running back in the second half of the season. Alrighty. So I had Brandon Cooks as my intriguing player. Second year in the system. Will he erupt? You know, he, he's been a top 12 wide receiver in standard, top 13 in PPR three straight seasons, but never higher than eighth in standard, never higher than 10th in PPR. So Cooks has been remarkably consistent, but can he in the second year in a system, Get more than 114 targets. Get get more than like 130 targets. Can he be a no. heavy target guy? No? I, I don't really believe it. And I, I talked about this coming into this year, and it did not change in 2017. One of the things I do when I'm looking at breaking down the expected fantasy points for the next season is where do teams throw the football? And the Patriots, four years in a row now, do not give their right wide receivers as a group 300 targets. Less than 50% of their passes – go-to wide receivers. It's really difficult for one guy to get 130, 140 of them, especially when Edelman probably comes back next year. Edelman's been the guy who's done it. Uh, so we know if they do throw to the wide receivers, it's so often in the middle of the field. All right, so let's move on to the Bills. Who's your most intriguing offensive player for the Bills? For me, it's LaShawn McCoy. Same. Because he's hit that mark where he could be over the hill at running back. Yeah, I had I had McCoy too. It's an easy one. Well, what makes me think? nervous. I, I'm nervous to draft him next year. I was nervous to draft him this year, but I felt like I had no choice. I needed a good running back, someone who I thought would get a lot of work, at least somebody who could get me started on the year. And, and LaShawn McCoy did that, but he also finished the year pretty strong. But he's on the wrong side of 30, has over 2,000 career touches by now. He's uh, he, he worries me. Yeah, I don't think he'll be a top seven running back in drafts, but after that – you compare him to Dalvin Cook, who's coming back from the major knee injury. You compare him to Mark Ingram, who's going to be in a timeshare, and does he get less of the work this year? You compare him to Kenyon Drake, who was awesome for half a year. but So I, I think there's not a lot of safety after the top seven, I guess. Okay. Well, uh, McCoy was the number seven running back in both standard and PPR. He did have 59 catches, which was nice. Would you rather have a Sean McCoy or Devontae Freeman? I have Freeman higher as of now. I, I'm i going to go with McCoy. Sean McCoy or Jay Ajayi? McCoy for sure. McCoy. Jordan Howard? I think I have Howard. I might have Howard behind him. As the teams are currently constructed, I think I would go with Howard and Standard, and but i definitely go with McCoy and PPR. Yeah. All right, uh, Miami, most intriguing offensive player from Miami. Who you got, Heath? I've got Kenyon Drake. We just talked about him. He was fantastic uh, last year when given the opportunity. And maybe more important than that, he saw a huge percentage of the workload after Damian Williams got hurt. I want to see – I fully expect Miami's going to go add somebody. But who do they add and what type of role does it look like that person would have? If Kenyon Drake is a guy that pro- looks to get 67, 75% of the carries again, then he's a top 12 running back. Easy. It would be very dumb for Miami to invest salary cap space and draft picks in running backs when they've got this guy who did so well. Go after offensive linemen, maybe add another receiver if they think they need that for their depth, maybe add a tight end. I think that there's, I think that there's all kinds of promise for him. It's real simple. If they don't add anybody else at running back, Kenyon Drake is going to be a, a top 24 pick in fantasy. Wow. You think so? If they add no one, yes. Like, who do you think would be a, just a better pick in your overall top 200 or whatever you do? Uh, Zach Ertz or Kenyon Drake? If they, if they add no one. Drake. Drake. Okay. Dave, who's your most intriguing player on the Dolphins? It's Kenyon Drake. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I actually think this is a really intriguing offense. I think Ryan Tannehill is pretty intriguing from a streaming standpoint. You don't have to draft him. I think Landry's intriguing if he comes back because what about the touchdowns? He set a career high. He finally had more than five. What do you have, nine this year? 
And he was yeah, a, he had a great year. He was a stud. Can those touchdowns come back? Of course, Tannehill wasn't the quarterback. And then the only reason why <laughs> Devontae Parker is even a little bit interesting is because I know I know people are going to draft Nelson Aguilar, right? And Aguilar just had 62 catches, 768 yards on 95 targets. And in 2016, that's almost exactly what Devontae Parker did. He had a, a much worse year this year. Um, he didn't have eight touchdowns. No, that's the thing. He had four touchdowns. Aguilar had the eight touchdowns. That's the big difference. But a lot of people, I'm sure Heath, you know, would agree, don't think that touchdowns are so predictive, especially when you only had, when Aguilar only had 95 targets and 768 yards. He managed eight touchdowns. Seemed a little fluky. So, you know, like, I'm, I, I, I hope that nobody drafts Devontae Parker and I can take him with like my second to last pick. That's all I'm willing to say. Uh, I know that he, will not happen if Jarvis Landry leaves. No, yeah, I agree. I agree, but I know. don't think one's got anything to do with the other. Well, well got and I think there's a chance Devontae Parker away. is the one who leaves. They could both be gone, to be honest with you. I what's Parker's I, contract? Situation? It's cheap, but they there's eventually going to be a fifth year option that they're going to have to make a call on, and I don't think that they like that he doesn't push through on smaller injuries. That part for sure. And you saw Adam Gase get rid of Jay Ajayi pretty quickly when he didn't like Ajayi. He could do the exact same thing with Parker. Okay. There's a, there's a quarterback who is currently in Minnesota who would love to reconnect with Devontae Parker wherever they end up. Oh, Teddy? Teddy. Yeah. All right, who's the most intriguing player for the Jets? <laughs> That's a great question. Oh, I've got one. It's got to be Robbie Anderson, right? It's for sure Robbie Anderson. Is he intriguing though? Because I think I think he is. I think he'll be what he's been. Well, it almost doesn't matter who the quarterback is. He suspended for the first four games of the year. Well, obviously that'll put a little bit of a damper on things. Does do they bring Josh McCown back? Do they have a good quarterback? Because when he they're going to draft one for sure. When he was with McCown, he was outstanding. Yeah, he was and, on pace for what eleven hundred yards. Uh huh. Right. So if you look at um, if you look at the uh the twelve games he played with McCown, he was on pace for to be the number five wide receiver in in uh, standard and number thirteen in PPR. It's it's a little deceiving because basically what I did was I took his fantasy points in twelve games and multiplied by sixteen. You know that that doesn't count all the other guys ahead of him who may not have also who may not have played sixteen games or whatever. But just just looking at his 12 games, Robbie Anderson, you take the per game, you multiply by 16, number five in standard, number 13 in PPR. He wasn't a big catch guy. He's a talented player. I mean, so he is pretty damn intriguing. He was the 16th best wide receiver in standard and third and 23rd best in PPR this year. Do you guys anticipate ranking Robbie Anderson if he's on the Jets and not suspended in your top 24? He's on the Jets and not suspended, and it's not PPR. <laughs> Can we go with that? Well, he was, yes. he was in PPR this year. He was 23rd. Yeah, I would say yes in PPR, not in non-PPR. Right now I have him one spot ahead of Des. Yes in standard, no in PPR, right? Right. 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 Okay. I think I'd say no in both, but it's real close. All right, so that's, uh, that's the Jets. We'll do the NFC East in just a second. But hey, we got a new sponsor. We got a new sponsor. I'm pumped. Look, before I met my wife, which is nearly five years ago now, I tried some online dating sites. Yeah, a lot of people do. They can be great or they can be really frustrating, okay? I definitely know that end of it. And that's why you need to know the best one, eHarmony. Of course, if you use eHarmony, we can get you a discount with the promo code FFT. More on that in a bit. Look, you can't get to know someone just by looking at their picture. We got a mature audience, okay? We've got, you're not just looking for a hookup site. You're looking for something more. eHarmony gives you more. eHarmony takes steps that other dating sites don't take in order to find you a more compatible match. And that's why they've helped over a million people find their perfect match. eHarmony brings compatible people together. So this is something that I think is going to be to a lot of, in, uh, of a lot of interest to a lot of you. And I want you to get on eHarmony right now and get a free month with eHarmony when you sign up for a three-month subscription and enter our code FFT at checkout. Stop waiting. Start your journey to a satisfying, meaningful relationship. It can be fun to play around with online dating apps. When you're ready to fall in love with someone and have a meaningful relationship, there's one app that's built to bring you real love. That is eHarmony. So come see how eHarmony can change your life. Go to eHarmony.com and get started. And enter our code FFT at checkout for a free month. All right, good stuff. Speaking of which, Heath, um, 
Not that you need eHarmony, but I just told you, you know, my wife, uh, we had an anniversary of our engagement over the weekend. We went to the melting pot. I know that you have never been to the melting pot, and I recommend it. We had a wonderful time. It's very good. Well, thank you for the recommendation. I will not do it, but I appreciate the fact that you were thinking about something I might enjoy. Would you go for free? For free. If someone got you a, a yes, night, absolutely. You know, 100%. I will do just about anything for couples free. Couples night out or whatever it's called. That's their big deal there. Okay. You, you would take your wife. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. It was free. Or if you want, you know, a cheaper option to go just for the dessert. Just go and get dessert. I'm not a big dessert guy. God, you're your impossible. Wife? You're impossible. No. Uh, match made in heaven. All right, then. Most intriguing offensive player in the NFC East. Who do you got for the Cowboys, Dave? I've got Des Bryant. I think there is a lot of uncertainty with him, both in his role and where he'll play. I know what the Cowboys have said this offseason, that they, they're going to keep him, and chances are they will. Because if they get rid of him, they've got nothing left at wide receiver. But how good is he? Mm. And what could his numbers possibly be? I don't think he's a 1,000-yard receiver anymore. I don't think he's an eight-touchdown receiver either. Well, who do you have ranked ahead right now, Robbie Anderson or Des Bryant? Anderson. Anderson. No, that's something. How about Marvin Jones, Devin Funches? I've got Marvin, but Diggs not, and Thielen. Demarius Thomas. Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon. Mm. Yeah. Juju. I do not have Juju ahead of him. Okay. All right. So he's, he's, is he in the top 30, Des Bryant? I believe so. Yeah. Yes. In standard. I don't think so in PPR. Heath, did you have a See, I'd feel guy? more comfortable with him in PPR. I think they added an actual number two receiver. That's what I'm afraid of. And his target share goes down. This is the problem that they have is that I feel like Des is like a great number two receiver. And yeah. I don't know if Dallas has the wherewithal to add a number one receiver. What would probably be perfect for them is if they get Calvin Ridley in the draft. And then they line up both of those guys every play. Heath, did you have a different guy? Yes. I actually had the guy that throws him the football, Dak Prescott. Yeah. Is it really as simple as Dez is a star when Zeke is healthy and Dez is awful when Zeke's not there? Um, it, or is Dak like another maybe AFC – NFC East quarterback, just really good when the system and everything's perfect. And maybe not so much when it's not. So I, I don't have him as a top 12 quarterback, obviously, but he is certainly one of those guys outside of the top 12 that wouldn't be surprising if he finishes inside next year. In his first eight games before the Zeke suspension, Dak Prescott averaged 24.5 fantasy points per game and six point per, per passing touchdown leagues. Uh, at the end of the year, Russell Wilson, Watson, Wentz, all the W's, they averaged more than 24.5 fantasy points per game. I'm not sure about Rodgers. That might have been uh, because of the Minnesota game in which he got hurt that might have knocked Rodgers out of that. But bottom line, Dak Prescott was like kind of like top five uh, with before the Zeke suspension. And then it wasn't just Zeke. It was also Tyron Smith getting hurt that killed them. Uh, so we've seen what he can do. He was the number seven quarterback in 2016. He was number 12 this year. He is very intriguing. The Dak Prescott. A couple of problems slash questions. Mm -hmm. He's still not thrown 500 passes in a season, and virtually all of the other starting quarterbacks are expected to throw 520, 540 plus. That makes it more difficult. And two years in a row with six rushing touchdowns on 57 rush attempts. Man, if he doesn't have those, he's bad. But I think that's part of his game. Right. And that's why I, that's nobody, why I'm still like, comfortable with him. Like Cam is the only quarterback that has rushes for touchdowns at a rate like that. Well, what about Maybe that? he's Cam. <laughs> right. I mean, he's done it two years in a row. I, I agree. That, that did stand out. Six touchdowns, six rushing touchdowns, two straight years. It stands out, no doubt. All right. Uh, how about for the Giants? Who's the most intriguing offseason offensive player for the Giants? For me, it's Evan Ingram. Um, he looks the part big time. Really looks the part as long as it's warm outside. And a positive <laughs> for Evan Ingram is, uh, I believe three of his road games are in domes cool. next year. So that helps. Uh, so that'll limit the uh, cold games. But the other thing is he caught what 55% of his targets. Four of his road games are in domes. Even better. 55% of his targets last year. 
the main reason that he was even kind of good in fantasy was the fact that he got 115 targets. I don't, I think you have to expect he takes a step back in terms of target volume. How many games did he play? He played, uh, 15? I, I don't know, actually. I'm just doing the math on how many per game that is. About he seven 15. per game. 15. Yeah, I, I, 7.7 per game. Seems like a lot, especially with Odell Beckham back, but I'd like to know how many targets he had in the games with Odell. He that was had, only the first two he, he of the had year. a lot. I'm, I'm it really, probably I'm, wasn't that much. No, no. It? Listen, he with Odell. I, in my opinion, he only played two games. O, Odell Beckham basically played two games this year. He played four, but he got hurt before halftime, I believe, or right around halftime against the char- against the Chargers. And the Detroit game in Week Two, he was a he was a decoy. He didn't play that many snaps. Probably played like half the game. So I look at weeks three and four. Evan Ingram got a combined eighteen targets. However, Eli Manning threw. About 96 passes in those two games. That's not wow. going to happen. He threw over 45 passes in both games. Uh, it's it's hard to say. Yeah, I, I think it's very clear that when Beckham got hurt, it it really benefit. It really helped Ingram's production. And and I am worried about Evan Ingram because of that. But he he was a rookie tight end. We usually don't get anything from rookie tight ends. And the guy is really good. He's probably their yep. second best pass catcher. Shepard's good too, but Ingram, you know, can do a little bit more. Uh, so it's, it's a tough call. It is very intriguing. Theory. Dave, who, Dave, who'd you have though? Well, I just have a theory. Go ahead. Evan Ingram is the number two receiver for the Giants. Sterling Shepard is the slot guy is the number three. They roll out those guys every play with Odell, obviously. Play after play after play. They're going to have at least one tight end on the field. Sometimes two tight ends, sometimes two receivers, sometimes two running backs. And those targets will work for Ingram. Because it's going to be hard for defenses to cover him the way that they covered him in many of those games once he established himself in the offense last year without Odell Beckham on the field. Mm-hmm. In turn, he can do more with fewer targets in 2018. Yeah, could be. That's what I'm looking at. Now, if they re- if they keep Brandon Marshall or if they bring in another decent receiver where it, the ball's really going to be spread around, then I'll I'll probably back off of Evan Ingram. But I like the track record of Shermer with tight ends. I know he's going to lean on them. Eli clearly can trust Evan Ingram. He's got a he's got room to improve in his second season. So there's a lot of upside there. I like the idea of getting him round six ish. Okay. Try and get a good value at tight end. If he's for somebody who six. who can come who can come close to getting the numbers that were Ertzish and Kelseyish last year. Okay, I probably think that, more Ertzish. That, that'll wrap Kelsey. up the Giants. That's that's quite sufficient. Eagles, most intriguing offseason offensive player for the Eagles. Uh, pick a running back for me. I think Ajay is interesting, and in whether or not he he's been averaging uh, about 16 touches per game his last five with Philadelphia. That's really been when he's been used the most is in those last five. Because remember, he came in, he joined the team, they didn't use him that much. I think that's where he ends up. I think he's going to end up being a nice third-round pick as a number two fantasy running back. I'm intrigued by Corey Clement. I think he could actually have a role in the Super Bowl to try and gain an edge on the linebackers. And Come on, and Dave, I just asked for one for, guy. For I asked for one guy. I'm, I'm going to say a giant, okay. but Clement is very interesting too. I'm very intrigued by what the Eagles do with their run game. Blunt's a free agent. Sproles might retire. Uh, Wendell Smallwood seems to be forgotten about. I, I think that's your two-headed monster at running back, and I think Ajayi leads the way. How many players did Dave just say? He I said, said a lot. lot of guys. He said a whole unit. Now Sproles says he wants to come back. It doesn't mean he'll. Doesn't Dude, mean he will. Staley is yeah. the running backs coach there. <laughs> uh, Wendell Smallwood. Brian Westbrook's a good guy. Kenyon Barner. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I totally had Ajayi as well, and maybe the right answer is Doug Peterson. Like, does he just not want to give a running back 200 touches? Maybe. Well, I think that's, I think a lot of coaches feel that way. But 200 is not, not that's enough. That's nothing. That's nothing. No, that's, it's bad for fantasy, but it's, it's good for the teams. Like, I understand th- this is what teams do when they don't have a running back that they can use for three downs. Yeah. I, I think, they mix I think and match. That, that Jay Ajayi, though, was clearly getting to be a 15 carry, you know, close to that. 15, he's there. Yeah. He's there. So we'd like a little bit more than that. <laughs> and he and he showed he can catch some passes too. 
Uh, let's get Blunt out of there. Let's, that, that, that would really help. All right. I had Nelson Aguilar. I think he's intriguing. And I think there's some untapped potential there. There's big playability. I think he's really, I think he's a good player. So, uh, I, and he's in a contract year next year. Yeah. I think it's interesting, but he, and he really, he, it clicked for him this year. Who you got for the Redskins? Chris Thompson. Ah, yeah. Good one. He was so much fun to have on your fantasy team last year. He was on his way to being the Cinderella story until he got hurt. And Alvin Kamara took over, but on a different team, I'm talking about for Cinderella story for fantasy. He took over Chris Thompson. They, the Redskins were very hesitant to use him a lot last season because they well touches hurt. because they didn't want him to get hurt and but then he, he got hurt. So how in the world can they say, okay, you tore your ACL now go out there and play. 15 touches per game. Yeah, I will have none of the Chris Thompson this year. I think he'll get overdrafted, and I think he's not, he's gonna be big play dependent, and it's hard to count on that. Yeah, he's still never had 70 carries in a season, never had 50 catches in a season, only played 16 games once. Can he somehow convince the coaching staff? No. To get more There's work? There's no chance. Not yeah. with P. Ryan, not with Kelly still there. Those guys aren't great though. No, I understand, but the, he can't stay healthy when they're giving him eight touches a game. How is he going to stay healthy with 18? Could yeah. he work his way into being a minimum of five catches per week? Yeah. Well, could he be Duke Johnson? Sure. Yeah, yeah. that's more realistic. But that, you, why don't you just draft Duke Johnson? Because I want Chris Thompson. Thompson might be better per touch. Duke Johnson's pretty good, actually, per touch. Duke he just, Johnson's he, really Duke had a great year. He might be a be, yeah, in a better offense. A yeah, he might be in a better offense, you know. Um, but nah, I think well, obviously Kirk Cousins is quite intriguing. We don't know where he'll be. Heath, is that, did you have Chris Thompson? Uh, no, I actually had Kirk Cousins. Yeah. And I, I think there's a chance that he's a little bit underrated depending on where he ends up. And, uh, where would you like him to end up if you could pick a, if I could pick a place for Kirk Cousins, it would be that he goes and signs with the Arizona Cardinals, Ooh. and they also sign Allen Robinson or Marquise Lee, and That'd have Larry fun. Fitzgerald running over the middle. Fun, fun, fun. I like it. That would be like a uh, real, a real melting pot, right? You know, <laughs> not really, but wanted to say that. You I, know where I'd like to see Kirk Cousins go? Where? Cleveland Browns. Yeah. I think that that's a better fit. And I think that they are a quarterback away from having a very nice offense. Well, Siberia. Let's go to the emails. Fantasy football at CBSI.com. Kyle in Toledo. We are expanding our league to make it a 14 team league instead of 12 and it's half PPR. How would your draft strategy change from 12 teams to 14 teams? You might spend a little more draft capital on Best player available. Really? See, that's, some people say that. Some people think it's a deeper league. You gotta be more balanced. And not, and more, and worry more about position scarcity rather than best player available. Well, I, I think those two go hand in hand, but I don't want to reach for the 14th best running back if I drafted wide receivers early, if I can get a top seven quarterback. I am still waiting on quarterback. I am less likely to wait on tight end. Mm, right, because not every owner is going to have a tight end they like. But if there's a quarterback that slips in a 14-team league, like if Aaron Rodgers slips or Russell Wilson for whatever reason, you can find them in round five, round four. Say round four, not even round five. Yeah. Round five is a no-brainer. I, I think you you pull the trigger without a second thought. Yeah, Okay. Uh, just, just keep in mind, waiver wire is, is harder, so uh, you don't want to leave yourself too thin at any position. You can't go zero RB, I don't think. You know, um, I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, if you get three top fourteen wide receivers, I would. I guess you can. Zero you can RB, get away with the one RB. Zero yeah. RB would have to start a little bit earlier in a fourteen team league, you know, than than it would in a like. You can't go five rounds without a running back. Sure, you can. I don't know. I, okay, I wouldn't do it personally. That, that's what I would say. Uh, this is from to- Tony from Northwest Indiana. Dear Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Keith, I won my keeper league this. Uh, I won my keeper league last year. Then this year, I named my team the champion. I went undefeated in the regular season. I went thirteen and zero, talking trash and destroying everyone. 
But I lost in the championship. I'm still sick oh. about it. Oh, no. <laughs> I should have won. Have you ever That's heard fun. of anyone doing this besides the Patriots? Yeah, that's happened. People go undefeated and lose in the championship. My keeper question is, I'm keeping Antonio Brown. Pick one more in a two-quarterback PPR league. Kamara, Gronk, or Breeze? Kamara. It's Kamara. All right, last one. From Bob and the Berg. Dear Ed, Charles, Jerry, and Dennis. I don't know who they are. I'm the commish of a 12-team half PPR redraft league. During last year's draft... Uh, heading into the third round, the owner of the ninth pick and the owner of the fifth pick swapped third and fourth round picks. That was going into the third round during the draft. This cost the rest of the league, this caught the rest of the league, including me completely off guard. We weren't sure what had just happened. What are your thoughts on this so we can install a rule one way or the other this year about Don't it? Don't install a rule. Trading draft picks is awesome. During the I, draft? I do this, I do this in a bunch of leagues. Yeah. During the draft? Yeah, during the draft. Absolutely. All right. Before the draft, during the draft, whatever. I encourage this it makes type it better. of behavior, Adam. Yes. Okay. Especially trades like this. I know it seems a little crazy because you're swapping picks in, in two rounds in a row. And someone's going to get the best pick, but the next two picks are better than that. You know what I'm saying? You're trading right, right. two picks that are kind of close to each other and they're good for one great pick and then one later pick. Right. Yeah. I, I think if there's a player you gotta have, that's the type of offer you make. It's pretty interesting. And I think if you're in a league that doesn't allow trading picks during the draft, you'll work something out with your buddy to the side saying, Hey, what do you think we make this deal? But we just do this after the draft and then you pick for me and I'll pick for you. And your buddy says, okay, that sounds good. Okay. Then you have a deal. Pretty dirty. You better trust him though. Sounds like if he, if he stabs yeah, you in the dirty. back, that's dirty. You're going to have to go to his house and, you know. Step Break it down Fortnite style. <laughs> okay. This is not an endorsement of violence. This is the end of the show. Get excited for Todd Gurley on Thursday's episode and Jamie Eisenberg, hopefully, on Thursday's episode. He is in Minneapolis for some reason. I don't know what he's doing there. And uh, he's going to report on some football. So uh, we will talk to you on Thursday. Have a great Tuesday and Wednesday, everybody. See you later.